Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people discuss big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a wrestler with Oregon State University. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating, and he interns for his pastor. Here is Christian Robertson. Welcome back. Guys, I'm super excited about this podcast. This has been one of my favorite podcasts I've done. This is definitely the biggest guest, the most relevant guest I've had to date. Uh, We'll get into that in a second. But uh, real quick, guys. I'm doing a giveaway. So how this is going to work is the first 25 people to share this podcast and tag me at Barbell Robertson on Instagram. First 25 will be putting a drawing for a $25 Amazon gift card. Um, There is also a giveaway going on the video portion of this. That's going to be on my YouTube page, Christian Robertson. And there will also be a giveaway for that that I'll speak on. So if you guys could go over there, subscribe, and uh, check that one out as well. Double your chances of winning some money. But uh, yeah, we're going to get into the podcast. Um, today's guest, if you if you hadn't noticed the title, is Colby Covington. So if you guys don't know Colby, uh, he wrestled at Oregon State, same as me. And uh, he is currently in the UFC former world champion in the UFC at 170 pounds, just fought Kamaru Usman to unify the belt and uh, lost via TKO in the uh, the fifth round. One of the, uh, a very controversial stoppage, I'll say that. Um, but one of the, one of the all-time great fights of the UFC, definitely in that division. And um, man, Colby is a killer. He has definitely... He has definitely taken the media by storm with some of the things he said and done um, as far as uh, either politically or just in his fighting for promotion and and all that in general. We get into that a little bit today, Um, but ultimately, I enjoyed the time. I had a great time talking to Colby. Uh, We agree on a lot of things, and you'll definitely get into that, uh, or you'll definitely see that, but uh, man, it was a fun time. And uh, if I could, you know, say anything is that uh, conversation is key. And um, whenever we stop having conversation, that's when that's when bad things can happen. So we're going to get into it, guys. Without further ado, Colby Covington. Christian, what's up, buddy? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Good. How's your day going? Oh, it's going good, man. Just left the gym, got some boxing rounds in, feeling good. How's your day going? Pretty good, man. Uh, worked a little bit last night and then... Just rested a little bit today. Got some, uh, got some Dutch Bros. Okay, Dutch Bros is nice. Do they have some cute girls working there. Yeah, I always feel a little weird talking to the girls at Dutch Bros, just because it's like you never know how they really feel. They're all super. They're forced to be nice. You know, that's what they get paid for. That's very true. You make a valid point. <laughs> but I think I mean you probably uh, you probably enjoy that. You hang around like strippers and stuff a lot, so you. You get it. Whoa, what what are you trying to say? I don't hang out with strippers. Man, it doesn't I get, I get regular girls, man. What are you <laughs> trying to, man, what type of narrative are you trying to run right now? Me? You're the one that's showing that narrative on Instagram. Yeah, but who says those are strippers? Oh, those are just your friends? Those are just regular girls, yeah. My 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 side chicks. My side chicks. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Um no man, so how's how's everything going? Uh you know, it's been I mean, you've been you've been a little radio silent. I think you've what, done two interviews. 
in the last month and a half? Yeah, pretty much, man. Haven't been doing too much on the media front, you know, just, you know, in this sport, you know, you got to really take time to enjoy your life and, and take some time off. And I wanted to let everybody know that, you know, especially the UFC, it's a message to them that they're on my time. You know, I'm not, I'm not snapping. I'm not doing things when they tell me to snap my fingers, you know, when they say jump, I'm not saying how high I'm saying, Hey, you know, you're going to be on my time. You know, I'm the best in the world. I've earned this right to be in this position. So you know, I just took some time to myself. I was chilling in Oregon a little bit, actually, for like two weeks with my high school, Thurston High School. And it was really good to, you know, get back and hang out with the kids, see them compete and see them put in the hard work day in, day out at the high school. And, you know, that, that stuff inspires me. So I feel like, you know, I'm a new man. I'm reinvented and, and I'm reinvigorated. And, you know, I'm excited for what's ahead, you know, and, and that's this summer and, and most likely getting a rematch. So is that, I mean, you think, um, you think that's next for you? You think uh, Camaro's what they're working towards right now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's so much controversy in the fight that it makes it doesn't make sense to not do it again because you know just the, all the momentum swings in the fight. I kick him in the liver and he's ready to quit, and then he gets a five minute break to recover when he you know he was about to fold up like a lawn chair. Yeah. And then you know, the eye poke, he takes another five minutes. It's a momentum change, and then obviously the stoppage is complete horseshit. You know, I was completely coherent. I was intelligently defending myself. You know, I I fight to go kill or be killed, and if you don't kill me, then then I'm still in the fight. And especially when I'm up on the scorecards, three rounds to one in the fifth round with, you know, what, 40 seconds left in the championship. So Mark Goddard's a fucking clown. The guy sucks at refing, and he should honestly never ref another UFC fight ever again. And, and that's that. So, you know, I want my rematch. And I, I don't want to have to fight two guys in my rematch next time because my last fight when I fought Marty Fake Newsman, I was fighting two guys. I was fighting the ref and Marty Fake Newsman. Next time, it's going to be mano y mano, me versus Marty Fake Newsman. And I promise you, it's going to be a completely different fight. So you talk about like it being a completely different fight. Do you, is there a game plan that you tried to execute in that fight that maybe didn't go your way? I mean, because you, you both kind of shied away from the wrestling. I, I mean, um, I've watched the fight a couple of times. I don't, was there any, I don't think there was any takedown attempts. Um, is that something you think you would change in the rematch? Is that something that you want to, uh, to do a little bit differently or maybe change up? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I'd switch it up next time. You know, I, I just was getting the better of the hands. You know, I was winning the striking exchanges. I was catching him. I wobbled him on his feet probably yeah. three or four times. And, and, you know, I wasn't able to finish, but I was close to finishing him multiple times until he switched the momentum and took breaks. But uh, besides that, you know, I was winning all the rounds on the feet, so I didn't feel like I needed to wrestle. But, you know, if we fought again, I'd definitely make him, you know, get into some wrestling exchanges, make him fill those arms up with blood, you know, so – you know, he's got all that lactic acid in his arms, and it would just slow him down. I know it would, and I know I have big, bigger heart and better scrambles in the wrestling department. There's a reason he's a D2 scrub, and I was a D1 All-American. So, you know, next time, it's going to be a completely different fight. And, dude, people don't even realize, man, like, I'm not here to make – I'm not making excuses, you know. Like, you, you wrestle for Oregon State, so, like, I – you know, we're kind of like a family. It's a little bit different dynamic, you know, like talking to you. But, you know, I haven't really told anybody, but, like, the UFC was uh, preparing meals for me all fight week. And, like, I ended up getting really sick off one of their meals. I think they didn't cook the chicken very good. And I got food poisoning, like, two nights before the fight. I'm puking, like, 30 times. Puke, like, literally 30 times. And I was like, fuck, I, I, I told my manager. I was like, Dan Lambert, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pull out of the fight, man. He's like, no, you can't pull out. You can't. You're the main event. You know, you, you can't ruin this for the UFC. You just need to go through with it. And, 
You know, I just ended up going through with it, but I didn't feel my best. So, you know, that, that kind of played into the decision not to wrestle because I didn't feel strong. I didn't feel like, you know, my typical, like, you know, like hundred percent, I'm ready to go. Like, you know, we're going to get into a fight, you know, it's, it's like I was holding back a little bit because I knew, you know, I was puking my, my liver, my intestines were all messed up, you know, and, and I wasn't at full strength. And, and, and so what I'm trying to say is that I was at my worst day and Marty fake news was on his best day and I still beat him. And so you can imagine what's going to happen in the rematch when I'm at my best and he's at whatever level he's at. And I'm not fighting against two guys. It's going to be a completely different outcome. Yeah, no, and I, I don't think that sounds, I mean, I don't think that's making excuses at all. I mean, you, if anybody can say that, it's you, because I think you are renowned as the guy that puts on the pace. Like, everybody knows, like, if you want to look at somebody that has cardio in the UFC, I mean, it, it's Colby Covington. I mean, you are you are the guy. And wrestling is the most cardio detriment. Like, it, it takes the most out of you as far as cardio goes in a fight. And uh, just, like, the times I've sparred and everything, like, wrestling's the hardest part especially if somebody can stuff a takedown and you have to cons- you have to use all your energy and then somebody just you know shuts it all down that's the worst that's the worst man and that's why a lot of MMA fighters they don't want to train it because wrestling's just hard flat out wrestling is tough you know it's 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 very uh you know it takes a lot of repetitive motions to go up and down it's just hard you know you're getting up you're 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 using your back muscles using your legs you know it's just your whole body and and people don't want to do that. They want the easy way. And, that, and that's how it is in life, too. You know, they're looking for the easy way. They don't want to go through, you know, wrestling grind like us. So, you know, that's what separates us. But, you know, I also got to thank my, my sponsor, Bang Energy, because, you know, without Bang Energy, that's how I get my good cardio. You know, that, they call me the cardio king for a reason. That's because Bang Energy. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is this, uh, you can tell me if this is a theme in your gym, but uh, just the gyms I've been in. Uh, whatever day wrestling is, that's the least amount of people, and whatever day sparring is, that's the most amount of people. It used to be like that, but it, it's really changed in recent years. I think people really want to come to the wrestling class because they know they need to get better there. They know that yeah. they suck, and they know that they don't want to end up in a fist fight on their back, you know. And, they yeah. and then, then they're helpless, you know. Then they can't do anything, and that's that's the worst thing I could ever imagine is being on your back in a fight. I don't know because I've never been taken down, and no one can take me down, so. It's different for me, but for those guys, you know, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like going through their head, man. Yeah, that's got to be not having that type of control. That's uh, to walk into a fight knowing that at any moment you could be the one getting taken down and put it on your back. I think that would be that's got to eat at people. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a scary thing. It, you know, I, I know who personally. I know who it really eats at. It eats at. It eats at a journeyman George Masvidal, a.k.a. Street Judas, you know. He doesn't know how to wrestle, plain and simple. I mean, you can go look it up on YouTube. I used to ragdoll him in our apartment for, like, two hours straight, like, just taking him down, like, put it, like, like pinching on his face and stuff. Like, do something. What are you going to do? And mount, just, like, slapping him and shit, like, treating him just like my complete bitch, you know. So, you know, I can't imagine, you know, what that feels like. But for him, you know, journeyman... You know, Street Judas, journeyman George Masvidal. He's the BMF champion, but really it stands for for broken, mediocre fighter. That's what BMF stands for. So, what what happened with that relationship? Like, why has that gone so? Because he came out here with you and wrestled with us a little bit and trained. What was that like three or four years ago? And uh, so, how I mean, how does uh, how does that all work out? 
yeah, you know, the relationship changed. Obviously, I brought him out to Oregon State. You know, I considered him family. He was a brother of mine, and we lived together for a year and a half. So, you know, I, I brought him into Oregon State to get help to work on his wrestling, you know, and, and he got a lot better from it. But, you know, that, that relationship really broke up when I passed him up and, you know, I, he was, I was doing better than him. You know, I won a world title. He's never won a world title. And, you know, that made him jealous. And, you know, he just he wanted to distance himself from me. But, you know, he did it in the wrong way. He was kind of throwing shade at me in interviews. I'm like, OK, I'm not going to let you throw shade at me and I'm not going to say something back, dude. Like, I mean, we know what's happened in training. Like, you don't act like you're this this hardcore badass fighter. He keeps saying, like, in interviews, oh, when I'm seeing him, blah, blah, blah. Oh, when you see me, what, what are you going to do, dude? You've never done anything to me before. What are you going to do now? You're going to intimidate me? I'm a pro fighter. I'm a world champion UFC fighter. What are you possibly going to do to me? Like, so, you know, it, it's too bad, man. It sucks that it had to go that way. But, but you know, it's a lesson for kids today because, you know, business is, is uh, cutthroat. And, uh, you know, everybody's trying for that top spot. They want the most amount of money in business. And, and they'll do whatever it takes to do. You know, there's snakes in the grass and, you know, once the, the grass gets trimmed, you know, the snakes get their heads cut off. And, and that's what, what I'm going to do. So I'm going to cut the snake's head off in Journeyman George Masvidal. Now, are they are they trying to make him, are they trying to get him to fight Kamaro? Or do you think that's going to happen? How do, you, how do you feel like that whole thing is going to shake out? To be honest, I think that thing is going to shake out. Like, they were trying to make that fight. But I think that, uh, you know, George is going to ask for too much money. He thinks he's worth more than he is, and if you look at his record, he's five and five in his last ten fights, or maybe five, maybe six and five now, because you know, and he's like three and three in his last six fights. I mean, he's an average middle of the road fighter. He's really not worth that much, but he thinks he's worth a lot because you know he had lightning in a bottle. He has some hype on him, so he's gonna try and capitalize off the hype. And to be honest, he's probably gonna price himself out because he wants to fight Conor McGregor. He doesn't want to fight me, or he doesn't want to fight Marty Fake News, man. Guys that are wrestlers that can expose him. You know, so I don't think they're going to fight. And I think I'm going to get my rematch this summer in July, International Fight Week for the, the UFC welterweight world title. And that's going to be that. I'm going to, you know, it's going to be a completely different story, dude. It's just a completely different outcome. You know, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, firing on, firing on all cylinders. You know, it's not going to be a guy that's, you know, puking two days before, a guy that's fighting the ref and the fighter, you know, a guy that's, it's going to be equal fucking playing field. And it's going to be a different story because, you know, I know I know what I need to work on. I know the things that, you know, the corrections that need to be made and the adjustments. And, and, and there's just so much improvement and growth to be made. And, you know, that happens every single day. Only at American Top Team, the world's best MMA gym, Christian. We got one out here in Oregon now, baby. No way. That That's where uh, that's where Chael and I train, ATT. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Man. I know Uncle Chael. He was, he was just on the podcast about a month ago, so... Okay, when you see him, you got to tell him I said, what up, man? Love my Uncle Chael. Protecting the mean streets of fucking Westland, Oregon. I feel you, brother. Um, oh, shoot, where was I? Oh, did you, um, oh, do you see, do you see George in the gym ever? Is it George or Jorge? You would know. I don't, I hear it go both ways. Uh, to be honest, you know, like, I don't know what it is. He likes to go by George. He thinks that when people call him Jorge, it sounds too Spanish, and he doesn't want to identify with his Spanish language for some re weird reason. So, uh, yeah, it's George. And do you, do you guys do you guys see each other in the gym? How does that how does that work out? Because he's still at ATT, isn't he? Yeah, he's still at ATT. You know, and I see him occasionally. He's there. You know, and sometimes he'll scream and he'll he'll shout, but he'll only do it when coaches are around and he knows we're gonna get separated. Man, he's he's not gonna do it when we're face to face and it's one on one. Man, I mean. 
I mean, you wouldn't do it either if you're talking about going up against the best fighter in the world. Yeah. It's like, have you ever seen that video of the dogs that are barking at the fence, like at each yeah. other? And then the fence yeah. just starts going and they try to stay behind the fence. <laughs> same, right? same, same thing, same, same, same situation. Same exact situation. I mean, he's yelling from all the way across the gym, you know. If he wanted to yell, if he really wanted to do something, he would just do something. He would walk, run up, and there'd be no questions. We we would handle it. But you know, I'm a professional, man. I, I don't. I would never mess with my gym, American Top Team. Those are sacred grounds, dude. Our, yeah. The owner of American Top Team, my agent Dan Lambert. I mean, the guy's a wizard. He's the godfather of MMA. I mean, everybody knows the guy. He should have bought the UFC back in the day, but he passed on it because he just wanted to have a team and. He didn't want there to be a conflict of interest because he just loves fighting and he loves having guys that represent his team that he can go to the fights, you know. And I take a lot of pride in in, in defending Dan Lambert's honor. And, and, you know, I would never mess with his gym or do anything inside of it, you know. I'm a businessman, man. I fight for business, man. This is this is something that changed my life, man. I got into this from wrestling, from Oregon State, obviously, to change my life and better my family's life. And you know, I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize that. We fight for a living, man. We're professional cage fighters. If these guys want to fight, man, we can fight in the cage. Like, yeah. why don't these guys want to fight in the cage and get paid for it? Like, you see where the logic is with these guys these days? Where So, with all that, you know, obviously you started with wrestling. How is your, just being a professional, how is your, like, mindset on fighting shifted? Like, you do have to be cautious because if you get in a fight, like, if you're at a party and somebody starts talking, like, if you're in college, it's a little different than you being a world champion, how you handle that situation, or is it the same? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little different. Because we, we, we still have pride. I mean, there's still – and people say some things. and Yeah, I, I have pride, but, dude, I have such good control of my body, control of my mind, and that's what's important in fighting is you need very good control of your mind. and. You know, I'm able to not let situations like that affect me. I just, I no-sell it. They call it, it's a, it's a pro wrestling term. Have you ever heard the term no-sell? Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, you just, you got to no-sell it, man, because nothing good's going to come out of it. Either, one, you're going to end up in jail with a big old charge, because first off, you're a wrestler, and that's assault with a deadly weapon. And uh, second off, it's like you're going to mess your whole entire career up and throw it down the drain for one night to, because to, your pride and your ego. Man, I can let my ego go, and I, I can just swallow you know, the pill and, and walk away and be the bigger man. And, and that's what it's all about is being the bigger man. So, you know, the thing with me is, you know, I'm not putting myself in situations like that where, you know, it's going to be, uh, it could be a fight type situation, you know, where we're drinking and guys are trying to get tough or this and that. I don't do those type of things, man. I'm, I live a pretty good lifestyle and, uh, you know, I stay committed to the grind and, you know, places that I go are usually by invite only or VIP. So I'm not going anywhere unless people are taking care of me. Yeah, for sure. So, like, growing up and stuff, did you ever did you ever get in any fights or anything? Has that been, like, like you were always, like, kind of interested in MMA and, like, wrestling was, like, an outlet to get some, some of that out of the way? Or, or was it just, like, no, MMA is what I want to do next, but don't have any experience? No, big time, dude. I, dude, I was getting in fights in elementary school, and, like, they wanted to kick me out, and they were always calling my mom, and my mom's like, you got to stop fighting. I'm getting you into karate and wrestling. Just stop fighting. And... <laughs> Dude, all the way through middle school, high school, at Thurston High School, man, I was getting in street fights. We Right after school, the bell rings. We're literally jumping out of our seats in the classroom to run to the park to get in a street fight. And <laughs> people were hyping these fights up, man. It was so funny. I think they were even taking, like, side action. Like, who wants $5 on Kobe? Who wants $5 on Bryce? I was fighting this kid, Bryce. And, 
dude, it was so fun. I used to get in so many street fights. And, and then eventually, like, my mom was just like, dude, you got to stop fighting at the park, Kobe. You can make money fight as a professional. Just do it as a professional. Just leave it. Be a professional and handle your business in the cage. And then that's when I started training MMA along with wrestling when I was in high school. And, and at college, I was still training jiu-jitsu and boxing. And I knew as soon as I was done with college, I wanted to go into MMA because – you know, you know, as a wrestler, man, there's no money to be made. Yeah. Like, unless you're one in a billion, dude, like, yeah. you know, it just, it doesn't happen. There's not, there's no, you can't monetize off this. So, yeah. you know, I, I knew honestly, my, my style of like wrestling translated better to MMA anyways. You know, I was, you know, a guy that could push a pace. I was a guy that, you know, liked to be flashy. I was a guy that, uh, you know, was an athlete and athletic. So, you know, my skill set translated really good to MMA and, I, and I'm just a fighter and not inside I love to fight I enjoy yeah. it. The, the adrenaline rush of it is so much fun and and uh yeah just went right into MMA after college American top team recruited me down Dan Lambert dude he gave me a fucking house to live in and food money so like coming out of college you know as a broke you know college student with student debt you know it's like oh I get a free place to live and free food money all I have to do is focus on training it was just the easy transition and the rest is history now we're going to leave our legacy yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, speaking of no selling, what uh, what what do you think of Michael Chiesa's call out towards you? Who is she? <laughs> Miss Michelle. Never heard of her. I had somebody somebody wrote it on my notes for me, my producer. So I thought I'd ask about it. But um, what what advice would you? Okay, so somebody going you know, out of, out of college, maybe not knowing what to do and they want to do MMA. How did you go about that? What, what did you do during college? And like, what advice would you give somebody that wants to like go, go down that route as a wrestler or any type of specialty? I would say the most important thing is to find a very good gym where you mesh with the, the coaches and the training partners, because, you know, that's the single most important thing is finding a gym where, you can grow and you can evolve into a good fighter and you can have a good career out of it, make a lot of money and set yourself up for forever. So, you know, I'd say the first important thing is, is find a good gym where, where you can call it home, you know, and mm -hmm. that's where you're going to make your career. And, and, and that's, you're going to find out right away if, if you're a fighter and, and you're going to make it far or not, because when you start training with those guys over a certain course of time, you know, you're going to see how you do. And, you know, if you're just not hacking in, it's just maybe MMA is not for everybody, you know, so not everybody has it in them to, you know, push through the pain and, and uh, you know, all the all the hurt that goes on with MMA. So, you know, and then obviously but once you find a gym, you got to find an agent and a manager, someone who's going to get you the professional fights and, and build your record and resume. So the UFC or the Bellator or the whoever else will look at you and, and potentially take you as a as their fighter. So. You know, find a good gym, find a good manager, and and then, obviously, most most important is is never stop believing in yourself, man. Never never lose faith, and uh, who cares what anybody else thinks? The only thing that matters is that you go out and create create your own destiny. Yeah, because I I mean, obviously, like for me being in college, like people will ask, like, oh, what do you want to do with your degree? And it's like I don't want to do anything with that degree. I want to get a degree. Like that's it. Yeah. And uh, you know, people push you to get a resume and stuff like that. And and I have no problems with that. And I I mean, I probably will set up a resume, but it just seems like it takes away from Plan A. You know. And I don't know. I I don't know what I mean. I feel like like I'm willing to sleep in my car to pursue a dream. Is that I mean, is that the same? 
you feel like a fighter has to have that mindset if they want to be successful? They have to, man, and they have to endure those tough times. You know, there was times where, you know, I, I couldn't afford anything out of college for like three, four years, you know, and I wasn't making any fi money fighting because early on you make maybe $500 for your first pro fight, maybe $700 for your second pro fight. So, you know, I was riding my bike and, and skateboards to the gym like a mile away in the rain and like, but it didn't matter. You know, I, I was going to find a way to get it done, you know, and, and if you want something bad enough and that's your dream and you believe in your dreams and you never give up on your dreams, you work really hard for your dreams, man, you can, you can accomplish your dreams and nothing's going to stand in the way. Not, not even if you have to stay in your car. Do you still enjoy it? You still, do you enjoy MMA? Do you enjoy fighting? Is that the biggest reason you do it is because you just like it? I think for me, it's, it's really tough to explain what it is. I think it's just something kind of that's inside of me. It's a passion that I'm passionate about. I love to compete and I'm, I'm the ultimate competitor. So, you know, I don't know if I love it. I can't say, I don't know if I do love it because it's just, dude, it's such a political game. There's so much bullshit that goes on behind the scenes that nobody knows about. And it's just like, it takes your love away from it. It's like something that I just wanted to do for love. Like in wrestling, you know, we just, we showed up at yeah. tournaments and, yep. and uh, we put it all on the line and this and that, it was just for glory, personal glory. But now it's like, there's so much money on the line. It's just, there's, it's, uh, you know, it's very political and, and people and the, and the companies are playing favorites and it's just, it's corrupt, man. Look at my last fight, dude. I had, I had to deal with so much bullshit, bullshit calls. And, uh, you know, it just, it takes the love away from it, but you know, you keep doing it because you're passionate about it and, uh, you know, you're not going to let anybody tell you otherwise. Yeah. And you're pretty known for being an entertainer. Do you think that has to, that is how it should be? Do you think, I mean, do you like that it's set up that way? I mean, you just talked about the politics, but that the entertainers get the, you know, the big fights, um, or do you think it should be, you know, like every other sport, the competitors that, that show up that are most deserving, get it. Yeah, see, the thing is, is that this isn't really a sport. This is a circus. This is a, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's not a sport. If it was sport, they'd go by rankings. They would do this and that. If you win the AFC championship, you're, go, you're going to the championship game. You know, it's not like that in, in UFC. You know, I won the interim championship, and they didn't let me fight for the defending championship. So they just do whatever they want as a business. And, and what separates it and doesn't make a sport is there's no union, and, and there's no act you know we don't have like an ollie act where there's a split the revenue right down the middle you got you know the fighter and the promoter equal pay you know it's not like that in the ufc they're, they're taking 90 percent of the money and they're leaving 10 percent for the fighters to fight for and really that 10 percent's for the guys up top that are making the money so you know the guys are fighting for that top paycheck and to be the top guy and let's be honest man you know you have if you want to put on fights exciting fights and entertain people outside the cage and and make people want to interested in you and want to watch you because you have a personality then you know you just you're going to get more money people are are disinterested in some people and they don't want to watch those people fight and if you don't get people interested in you whether they love you or hate you because it's the same thing if they love you they're tuning in to watch you because they want to see you win if they hate you they're tuning in because they want to see you lose so either way you know just get them to love you or hate you make them have a reaction about you and you're going to get paid the top dollar yeah, I love I, I love your story because you you talked about it on Candace Owens and I think one more podcast, um, but you just talked about where your career was and how everything was going, and and I feel like a lot of fighters um, they complain about that situation. They'll say, well, 
UFC is not promoting me or, or whatever. And um, I just feel like there's not a lot of action taken. Like if you if you want to be promoted, like promote yourself. Like have take the initiative. And and I, I feel like you, you know, obviously I don't I don't necessarily agree with everything you've said or done, but you took a, you took a stand and you said, no, I'm not going to complain about people not promoting me. I'm going to do my thing and, and I'm going to be marketable and promotable. Yeah. And, and, you know, the UFC, they tell you that, you know, you need to be a self promoter, you know, and, and if you, if you want that top care, you know, then you need to go out there and earn it yourself. You know, we're not going to give you anything. And, and people know that, but the thing is with most fighters, they don't want to put it all on the line because they don't want to have to deal with the backlash. You know, they don't want to put all the marbles in the middle in case they don't get all the marbles and they're going to feel like an idiot. So I'm not afraid to put it all on the line. Most of these fighters are, and, you know, going back to, you know, yeah, there is some things that I know a lot of people don't agree with that I do, but, you know, that's, that's, you know, we all have different opinions and we all believe different things, you know, it doesn't make one better than the other and doesn't make one right or the other, but you know, a lot of things that I do are within truth and, and there's a lot of truth to it. And, you know, I'm not out here making lies or doing things that are complete lies. There's always a realm of truth to everything I do. And, you know, I just try and be real and, and be honest, you know, I, I'm doing this for business, man. This is, this is marketing and promotion. And if people don't understand the show business side of that, you know that's their problem, not mine. Now, did you think when you when you went down that road, like the MAGA route and supporting Trump and going to the extreme with that, did you think it was going to lead to everything it has led to? Like, did you foresee this? Did you think you know good and bad, like the backlash and then obviously the relationship you now have with the Trumps? Uh, you know, I knew that there was a possibility. You know, I've I've always supported them, and people have tried to make me be quiet about it and, and not talk about it. Don't bring politics into fighting. Even my mom would tell me, don't bring politics into fighting, this and that. I'm just like, you know what? You know, I'm just going to stand up for what I believe in. Like, I don't care what people think of me. If they judge me for just because what I believe in and what I say and, and what I support, then that's messed up, dude. I'm not judging them for what they believe. You know, I, I believe that everybody is entitled to their own opinion. And, you know, does, I, just because you believe your opinion, I'm not going to judge you for that. We can agree to disagree on that topic and still talk about something else. But people get so in their feelings about me supporting the president and supporting, you know, the MAGA movement that, you know, they can't get past that. And they're in their feelings. And, you know, it's just they need to stop being snowflakes. Isn't it so crazy how you can support one side, but you can't support the other without getting the backlash you do. And it's not because more people support it. It's just because the few people that do are so, I mean, they're just so willing and able to, to give that backlash. And I, I feel like it's super hypocritical because anytime you say that, you know, you say, oh, you can't do this or that. It's like, you're completely, or you should agree with me. It's like, but you're blatantly disagreeing with me. It's, I, it, I mean, it's, it gets annoying and especially, and you know, out here in Oregon, it's the worst state possible for that. I know. That's why I'm probably going to come back and run for, uh, you know, senator or something over there. I'm, I'm going to represent Oregon, you know, in the political level. And we need to drain the, the swamp needs to be drained. You know, it's like I'm, I'm going to be real. And I'm going to be honest and I'm not going to be hypocritical like those people. You know, yeah, they can have their opinion. They can agree on something. But, you know, I also am going to have my stance and, you know, I'm going to hold true to it. You know, like look at look at everything that's being done. Look at the facts. And, you know, you need, if you can't face the facts, you know, and, and you want to blatantly you know, just try and make up lies, you know, like that's why the, that's what the fake news is for. And I'm here to, I'm here to, to stop that. Yeah. And obviously you're very outspoken about, it, but in your personal life, do you get in any conversations like this that are, 
you know, not as heated or, you know, maybe there's a lot of rational thought going on with people on the other side? It's, you know, to be honest, no, it's because it's tough. You know, people yeah. really, uh, they, they really uh, hold their stance on that, uh, that position. And it, it's just sad that like, if someone was wearing a hat that was supported, you know, the, the Democrats, you know, I'm not going to like go slap that hat off and be like, Oh, you're a piece of shit. You know, that yeah. that's what people do to me. You know, like I wear the hat, like in, in downtown Manhattan for like media days before my fights and people are trying to slap, slap my hat off, say that fucking hat's disgusting. It's a symbol of hate. I'm Crazy. like, what symbol of hate? Dude, it's a symbol of unity. It's a symbol of love, man. It's a symbol of winning and our country's doing better than it's ever done like look at the facts man you want to look at little tiny things and they don't really ever have facts to support any of the evidence that they try and you know opinionate on but you know they just they're in their feelings and that's what it goes back to yeah no it is i mean people have done that here we had a team i had a teammate um i think last year or two years ago that would wear it around campus and and he was a he, he was a mexican guy so like a guy that you would not like would normally you know, a lot of um, people from Mexico uh, do not align with Trump, and and people would come up, slap the hat off of them, and say stuff like that. And I just, I feel like if it happened on the other side, it would just, it, there would just be such an uprise. It wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. It's almost like the law, like these, like people can be above the law at some degree. And exactly, it's and, like, dude, man, there's there's laws in place for a reason. Like, stop, like you're not allowed to invade my space and touch me. Like that's assault. You yeah. can't just come up to me and assault me in the streets. Like, I'm a professional fighter. I'm a cage fighter. Like, these are lethal Bugatti hands. You know, I can't just go up to someone and put these hands on anybody because they have a different opinion than me. Yeah. No, that's not right. You know, I, and that, but that's what's, you never see, like, you see the Antifa doing that type of shit in downtown Portland and, and all over the place. And you, you'll never see that from the Republican side, you know, because, you know, there's just a little bit more class there. Yeah, no. I mean, if, if somebody, I mean, Rule one, if somebody gets in your space in an aggressive way, I mean, you, you have to defend yourself in that situation. And it's just so crazy because I feel like somehow, some way, like let's say I walked around with a MAGA hat on and somebody came up in my bubble and tried to slap it off. If I hit that person, 100% of my rights to do that. They've, they've come at me, approached me, and I feel like it wouldn't go over well for me. I feel like there's... It's never going to end good for someone that is, you know, a trained killer, dude. You've trained wrestling for a long time. You wrestled at the division one level. Like yeah. not that that's lethal weapon status. Like you're a trained killer. You, you trained to, to know how to kill people. So, I mean, imagine you double someone in the streets, drop them on their head. They're dead, you know? So, yeah. it, you know, that goes back to the control and, and not letting them get to you and, you know, no selling them. And, and, but yeah, if they get in your space, you know, you got to defend yourself. You can't, but it's never going to go over well. You're right. Yeah. Is there a line, um, like for you, like, I mean, you've obviously said some pretty crazy things. Is there a line that you're not going to cross or won't cross? I don't feel like I've said anything that crazy. You know, I mean, I, I'll never cross the religion line, you know, I'll never cross, uh, like the racial line. I'll never, ever say one thing racist in my life. It'll never happen. I have so many friends of different ethnic back backgrounds that no one could ever even, you know, judge me or, yeah. or try and, you know, say that I'm racist. So, you know, why? What do you think that I've said that's controversial? Um, well, I think the Brazil thing after the Maya fight was definitely um, – that's, I think, where most people got up in arms. But sure I will – 
let's look at the facts. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at what happened. You know, I'm walking out to a cage and the Brazil fans are spitting on me. They're saying, I'm going to fuck your mother. You will die. That's their famous chant. They were saying, you buy more, you buy more, you will die. So screaming at me, spitting on me, throwing their cups at me, grabbing my American flag out of the stands, which I love my American flag. Like my, my grandfather served our country. I have very many, I have a bunch of friends in the army Rangers that mm-hmm. serve our country and put their lives on the line. So that flag, I take that serious. And then they're yelling in the fight, stupid things. It's like, dude, if you're going to dish it, you better be able to take it. Like, I gave it back to you. I didn't say anything out of line. I called them filthy animals. Oh, last time I checked, filthy animals was a great quote from the greatest movie of all time for the Christmas movies, Home Alone 2. And, you know, if you can't, if just because I'm calling you a filthy animal, what are you talking about? Brazil's not a, they're trying to say I'm racist for calling Brazilians filthy animals. Brazil's not a race. Brazil is a country, and that's not a racist thing. It's just... It's just me joking with you, and you know that's what show business is. And and I gave them a show, man. Whether they want to, they want to say that they loved it or hated it. You know, if they hated it, I gave them an outlet so their miserable lives they could vent some frustrations out and try and scream at me and say I'm the root of all this and that. But I gave them an emotion, and and even the people that hate it, they're my fans, and they actually loved it. That's why they embraced me like a king when I left the arena, and they all twenty thousand packed to throw their five dollar hot dogs and five dollar pepsis at me when i was walking out of the arena and let's be honest it's a third world country so to give up those five dollar hot dogs and five dollar pepsis man was a serious honor so you know as the king of brazil and and, you know america's champion you know i just want to say thank you i think it's crazy too because we we just talked about this but can you imagine if some a brazilian walked into an american stadium and people were yelling at him saying things like filthy and tearing their brazilian flag that would never happen but people will always talk about, oh, America's racist and discriminatory. And we, it just shows how privileged we are in America because these are issues that we are the, we are the top dogs in freedom. But for some reason, so many people are saying that we have zero freedoms. And that is a clear cut example right there is how people treated you in Brazil. That would never happen in America. Never. But, you know, that's why we're the you know, the land of the free, you know, and, and freedom of speech, freedom of opinion, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's, people are trying to take those rights away, you know, they're trying to take our guns away, they're trying to do all these stupid things, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, they need to stop having a double standard, that's what it comes down to, is them, you know, believing that there's a double standard, and, you know, these are also the same people that cheat on their taxes, cheat on their wife, you know, do stupid things, and they they want to be the ones to to make the laws and tell people what they should do. It's just so funny. Yeah, absolutely. I also wanted to ask too, because I know for me this helps a lot. But does pissing people off like make you feel better about a fight? Like, do you feel like more confident when you know this guy's like he's angry? Because I've I've had wrestling practices with people, and I've wrestled with guys, and I'm like, you know what? And maybe somebody's like, you know, in your head a little bit or you're fa- face- facing that fear in, in a way. And it's like pissing this person off is going to make me feel good about today. Absolutely, man. I remember when I would piss guys off like in practice or like in matches in college. And, and you could see when guys get emotional and they start wrestling emotional, they don't they don't think rationally. They don't make good, smart wrestling decisions and, and techniques. And they just throw everything out the window. And then usually they end up gassing, too. So. You know, when you can really understand the psychology and be able to get inside someone's head, like there's an art to that. And and you're getting them off their game plan. You know, they want to be 
you know, fighting focused. And, and when you get them in their feelings and, and you say something to piss them off, they're not going to fight focused. They're going to fight, you know, try to fight like a, like a street brawl and, and, the, and they're going to gas themselves out and they're not going to fight smart. And so, you know, if you can get into someone's head, that is a huge advantage, you know, cause you know, it just is, you, you have to understand it. I feel, I feel like for me, it like, it almost takes from them and gives to me like nerves go away. Like when you can just smile at somebody and look at them and say, yeah, like I'm, you're, you're about to be really upset with how this is going to go. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's fun. It's, it's a fun, it it's enjoyable. But so you've been doing that your, your whole career. That's, I mean, that's no, it's nothing that just happened three years ago. It's, it's a whole. Oh, for sure. Go ask coach Zaleski. He'll tell you, man, go ask coach Troy Steiner, man. They're all, they'll all tell you what I used to do in the Oregon state wrestling, man. I, I get people so pissed, man. Guys would be hitting me in the back. I, there was a kid, I'm not going to say his name because he's not even worth talking about. There was a kid, man, I was beating him so bad in practice one day. I was in his head so deep that we went to Gatorade to get the Gatorade, like, in the middle of practice and take our little break and our water break. And I'm getting water, like, t- back turned to the mat. And he comes over and punches me in the back of the head. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And this kid was, like, so emotional. Like, I was like, all right, let's fight, man. And then, and then like, everybody held him back and... and I didn't get to fight him, but I just kept beating his ass and wrestling the same day. But, you know, it's just when you get in someone's head, man, they just they're going to think they're not going to think rationally, you know, and they're going to make mistakes. and They're going to do things that they're going to regret. And so, you know, it's it's very important to know how to be able to get in someone inside someone's head. Yeah, you definitely can't fight angry for sure. No, nah. nah. you can't wrestle yeah. angry. You can't really. I mean, there's very few things that you can compete at the highest level doing angry. You have to be pretty calm. I'd say yeah, I would I would say the only really thing that I could imagine that you could do angry that it's going to help, you know, your performance is maybe, you know, some work in the bedroom, you know, with the lady. I, I think that's really the, the only place where angry should be had. And, you know, in sports, angry is not to be had in sports. So. <laughs> to, to all the dudes out there, if you want to get angry in the bedroom, you know, let her get in your head or some dude get in your head just – Take it on your girl. Give her an extra round. And especially since it's Valentine's Day, you know. Let's go with the theme, man. Make your girls happy again. Oh, my goodness, man. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, a lot of my viewers are Christians. And uh, I'm going to have to put the big E next to this podcast for sure. Yeah. But Hey, it is- they should, I'm Christian, too. I believe in God. I love God, you know. And all glory to God. But, you know, it's just, this is, uh, you know. Hey, man, I, I, I 100%. I told... Um, I, you know, I interned at a church and I said, you know, if, if having Colby, Co- if it's between having Colby Covington on and continue my internship, I'm going to go with the Colby Covington route. Cause I don't think, I think that would be hypocritical, like to not have a conversation with somebody because of their status politically or what they believe. And, and I don't have to compromise my faith in any way. I don't, you know, no. And I agree with most of the things that you say. Like that's, I mean, that the bottom line. And we can have a conversation about it. And people that don't like what I think, like we should be able to have a conversation about it. And um, and I think people being able to see that you can have a conversation with somebody, even if you disagree with them, is very valuable. Absolutely. You know, we could have a civil conversation. And, you know, you could disagree with me on some things and. And that would be okay. You know, I would be okay with that. I'm not going to try and change your stance on that. And I'm, you're never going to hear me ever try and change your stance on, on any type of, you know, conversation that we ever have, whether we were on a podcast or not. So, you know, I, I agree and, and believe that everybody should think freely with their own minds and, 
and, and go about their lives how they want that, you know, it's your life to live. We only get one life. So, but, you know, going back to, you know, how I'm saying, and maybe some Christian viewers might get mad, but they got to understand that they, you know, you put a UFC fighter on the podcast and, and let's talk about what I do for a living. I get locked inside of a steel cage in my underwear and I go in there to put the other guy in the hospital. That's the objective of the game. So it's, it's a brutal game. You know, you go in there to take each other's brain cells. You know, you're going in there to blood, put the guy unconscious, leave him in a hospital, kill him. Literally, you want to go in there and kill him. There's, it's literally, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, go in there and kill the guy. And so if people are offended by what I say, you know, then, then you know, I would recommend that they don't tune in to what I do because, you know, what I do is a violent sport and, and you know, we have to build fights and, and there's character, you know, there's things you have to do to sell these fights and, you know, just, you know, UFC is just, is, uh, it's not for everybody. So to all the Christian viewers out there, you know, all glory to God, but, you know, fight, fighting in the UFC is not for everybody and, and uh, you know, no disrespect or harm meant. Yeah, no, I and I've I've attested that point too because I get asked the question a lot, like how do you rationalize being a Christian wanting to get in the cage? And it's like, well, if you're gonna ask that question, you got to ask a lot more, like how do you rationalize being a Christian and getting on a football field and running at somebody full speed? Like, how do you how do you rationalize even wrestling? Like, there's a lot of things you got to rationalize, and I think a lot of people don't think of it that way. But um, but yeah, I'm never gonna shy away from conversation. And uh, man, I shoot, man, I appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely, bro. It was a good time. It was a pleasure to talk to you, and maybe I'll see you in Oregon one day. For sure, man. You'll uh, shoot, man. Maybe we'll see each other in Vegas soon. That's true. We might just, man. I'll probably be there in a couple months. <sighs> I don't know if I'll be headlining any UFC shows in a couple months, but uh, definitely here in the near future, my man. So, hey, never stop believing either one way or another. For sure. One, one last, one last question, man. I want to ask you uh, just to leave with everybody. What? would you say your why is like, why do you continue doing what you do and what do you want your legacy to be when you're done with it? Why do I do it? You know, I, I think I do it the most for me and that's what it should be all about, you know, is to leave my own legacy. And, you know, when I, long after I'm done competing and, and off this earth that people can remember, can remember me in one way or another, whether it's something hateful or loveful, you know, you know, I just tried to put on a show for everybody out there and, you know, I just, I want to leave, I want to leave, you know, this career and know that I gave my all and, and uh, you know, that I didn't hold anything back and I made the sacrifices to be the best I could be. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for me and, and, you know, I want to, obviously my family, it's very important to, you know, I have a family name to uphold, you know, my grandfather flew in the Korean and Vietnam war and, and, you know, so I'm a big supporter of the troops, the Navy, the army, the air force, you know, the Marines. So, you know, I also do it for them. Those are Dude, that's probably my biggest inspiration is the troops. You know, I fight for the troops and I fight for the Trumps. And, and they, I draw inspiration from them every day. You know, I, I, I have talks with the Army. I go visit Army bases, go visit Navy ships, go visit, you know, the Air Force and their jets. And, man, just seeing those guys, what they do for our country and, and what they put on the line, it, it makes fighting in the UFC seem like nothing. So thank you, the troops. Thank you, the Trumps. Christian, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. America's champ, the people's champ. Donald Trump's favorite fighter is signing out. Over and out, my brother. God bless, Colby. Have a good one, buddy. God bless. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of it, man. Uh, I really enjoyed that podcast, man. I um, First of all, thank you so much, Colby, for doing that. Um, you know, huge shout out to him. So, and I hope you guys got something out of it. I'm definitely, like I said, going to have to put the E in front of that one 
but uh, I don't mind it at all. I thought I, I thought it was great, and um, I really enjoyed the podcast. I thought it was real. I thought it was genuine. Uh, I thought we had good conversation, and uh, we talked about some great stuff. Guys, first of all, if you have not, go over. It might be too late. You might have missed the boat, but first 25 people that share this podcast on Instagram, tag me, at Barbell Robertson. We'll be putting a drawing for a $25 Amazon gift card, and there's also a giveaway going on on my YouTube page. Same thing, same type of deal, different money, different um, qualifications for that. Go check that out. Double your chances to win some money, and, uh, and make sure you subscribe to both of these. Subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel because that helps me out. That helps you out. That helps everybody out in the process. Um, but yeah, I uh, like I said, I really enjoyed this podcast. I thought it was fun. Um, huge shout out to, to Colby. Uh, I was going somewhere with this. I was going somewhere with this. And now I've lost my train of thought. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how I'm going to outro this. So I guess I will just uh, thank you guys for coming. God bless you all, but I think we're done here.